Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 6, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we're on page 153, the second paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Pens and P, 12 traditions, Matt M. Reading the text are Barbara E., Vinnie T., and Susan H. The reference numbers for Monday, November 5th, are for the 7 a.m., 12141, for the 10 a.m., 12142. That's 12,141 and 12,142. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. checking in from near New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, King made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin. Okay, I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 traditions. Uh, thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam Compulsive over here from New Jersey. Twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is the one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are the trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous as if the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the close over eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, this problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting to declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such will never be organized, but we may, may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 153, the second paragraph. Our hope is that when, and um, we will read one paragraph, and I will ask Barbara E. to begin reading. Thank you, Katie. Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world, tide of alcoholism, defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. Many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. They will approach still other sick ones, and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet. Havens for those who must find a way out. What a wonderful paragraph. 
the, this text, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, has now enabled people all over the world to learn that there is hope for recovery. Since we're now reading the fourth edition of the big book, please excuse me if I take the liberty of saying we are now all average citizens of the world. It doesn't matter what country, continent, race, religion, job description, our net worth, our gender, or our gender preference. We're all in the same boat. We're all dealing with and learning how to recover one day at a time from this fatal disease. Yes, we are all part of this beautiful fellowship, but there's more, and that's why this text was written. The purpose was to afford even more people the opportunity to be exposed to this slender chip of a book and the promise that there is a solution and it is working all the steps as they are written. Tradition 5 says our only purpose is to carry the message to others suffering compulsive overeaters. And that is exactly what this book is accomplishing. It states that a, a, in a warning that faith without works is dead. And that tells me I must carry the message forward to others. That's what has become such an important part of my program, to get me out of me, 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 and think more of you, you, you. The prior paragraph talks of miracles, and I hear living examples of miracles on this meeting every morning, which renews and invigorates my program. If you're new or struggling, at some point we've all been there. This chapter gives us so much hope. But I had to say, Barbara E., are you now desperate enough to be willing to accept that you're truly not in control? That was hard for me. I had to go out and try it on my home, on my own, over and over again. And of course, fail on my own over and over again. But finally, I was convinced. I was truly ready to roll up my sleeves and do the work. I had to first accept that there was a God and that I needed him if I was going to recover. I also had to become convinced that self-knowledge had gotten me exactly nowhere, and I needed a step guide to lead me through the swamp. I also had to accept that it was not one and done, I would always have to be striving with the God of my own understanding to move forward and not become complacent and remain teachable. Every time I get the privilege of reading the books again and again with another fellow and watching their growth, I see and feel the awe-inspiring miracle of God's handiwork that brought Bill W. and Dr. Bob together and that inspired Bill to write this miraculous book and include the 100 extraordinary stories of recovery from this killing disease. This probably really sounds sappy. Time. But we, oh, thank you. But we have each other, and that is an amazing, inexplicable gift. I am so grateful for the love radiating out of all of you every single day. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, so if you're joining us, we're on page 153, the second paragraph. Um, our hope is that one, and we're just reading that one paragraph. Who would share? Nancy, 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 Nancy
Rasam, I'm sorry, I'm only hearing little bits of names. Lance L. I'm sorry, who was that, L? Lance L. Lance L, okay. Larry. Larry, Leslie, and did I hear Kelly? Yes. Jamie Z from Chicago. James E. Okay, let's go with that. We have Nessa R, Russ M, Lance L, Larry K, Leslie W, Kelly S, and James E. Go ahead, Nessa. And if you're not Nessa, please mute yourself. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So the way out, um, I definitely had an idea what the way out was for me from my uh, misery and my constant fight with food. And my way out was to find a way to eat everything I wanted and still be thin. And, you know, yesterday we read about the age of miracles and I prayed to God for miracles. And the miracle I prayed was, God, please make me uh, thin and let me eat everything I want to eat. And I made all sorts of deals and trades and you know, anything I could think of. And of course, nothing works. But, you know, what I got was something so much better. You know, my, my way out now, um, seven years, almost seven years into my recovery, has been um, my close relationship with God that I attain through the working of the 12 steps as outlining this little chip of a book um, in entire abstinence. You know, um, and it is a miracle because the transformation is a miracle. Um, It's a miracle that I don't care about food anymore um, the way I used to. I mean, of course, food is important to give me energy so I can serve God and and help others. But, you know, I don't need food to help me cope with life. I mean, it is possible to cope with with life's challenges without having to compulsively overeat. And that is the transformation. That is the miracle. That is the way out that I found in this program, like this, this peace and serenity that um, around food and, and other matters too, other challenges that I wouldn't have found if I had been granted my wish of, of being able to eat everything I want and still be thin. Because you know what? I know many people in program who never, ever had um, a problem with weight at all, and they were as crazy as I was, and some of them are recovered and some of them are not. So, you know, being thin would not have um, solved my problem. It would have just hidden it a little bit from uh, some public view, but I, I still would have been in my own head. And so this personality transformation, not just the physical body transformation, but the transformation in my head, that is the miracle. That is the real way out. Um, and it's very simple. Entire abstinence, plus the 12 steps equals God, which gives me a much greater sense of ease and comfort than the food ever did. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Russ M., it's your turn. Followed by Lance L. Russ, we can't hear you. Okay, how about Lance L, and then we'll get back to Russ. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. 
Hi, this is Lance L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm from Central Valley in California. And uh, this paragraph right here, uh, it talks about how um, this book reaches people. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, but uh, the program reached me before the book reached me. And, and it kind of dragged me in because uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person who isolates and I'm a person who isolates, I hide away, and, and, and I eat. And, uh, you know, that always made me feel better for so many years. Um, but it says the suggestions in this book, uh, following the suggestions in this book, is what gets me from the mental obsession and the physical craving. You know, uh, I was actually talking to another member of this program last night, and uh, my kids went trick-or-treating on Halloween just a few days ago. And, uh, you know, usually for me, I sit there and uh, I wait and I wait and I wait until they fall asleep. And I'm counting their candy and I'm, and, and I'm uh, waiting for a time where I can uh, go ahead and, and let myself into that. And uh, this time I was actually able to sit there and watch them and not be, I was not thinking completely of the candy. I was not thinking completely of, of how I was going to get over on them. Um, I, I'm also someone that, uh, lies very often. I apologize. I'm pretty nervous here. I've been, um, in this program for about 90 days. And, uh, I truly think that I'm recovered right now. My first time on this uh, on this phone, and uh, you know, I, I I really really appreciate everybody with their with the words that they say because you've brought me so far in this in this short three months, and uh, you know, I'll just cut it off there because I completely lost track of the the paragraph, but I'll tune back in for something later, and I thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lance, and welcome. Okay, Russ M, are you there that you can share? Okay, let's go on to Larry K, followed by Leslie W. Larry, star one to unmute. There I am. Hey, Katie. There you are. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Katie. Um, let me let me start my timer here and go. Okay. So, um, you know, a couple of things here that come to mind for me. You know, during the the very infancy of this movement, from you know an AA anyway, from 1935 to 1939, there was very little reading material used in AA. And yet Bill and Dr. Bob and some of the early folks, uh, the early pioneers recognized there was a need for literature directed specifically to the alcoholic. And so here we are in 2018. See, I, I believe this book is divine in nature. I, I could not convince you of that. I'm not trying to convince you of that. I just know it was. That's why we are, that's why the book that you may be holding in your hand is still here and we're studying it. And of all the projects that Bill and Dr. Bob discussed at the time, because they, they talked about hospitals, we know, and missionaries, et cetera, the project that had the most traction and was advanced the most was this book that you now hold in your hands. 
and, and the book was started in, in May of 1938. In fact, the first two chapters were completed by June of 1938, and, and that's when Bill sent Dr. Bob a letter asking him what he thought of starting this charitable organization that he called Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, there were other names and so forth that they considered. You know, here's the thing, um, you know, and, and it was a collaborative effort and it was messy and there were disagreements at times, just like we have today. And I'm reminded that there were other members at the time that wanted no part of this book. They thought it was a commercial venture, kind of a racket, yet many others felt, as I feel today, with hindsight, of course, that there was a deeper divine purpose to the book. So bottom line for me, this book helps me to take a daily walk in the murky sludge at times, yes? And sometimes I, I walk along a clear stream at other times, all to discern God's will rather than my own. That's what the book does for me. The chip of a book was launched, you know, and when was I ready to launch out into the actions that it suggested? Because, you know, and if I'm spinning my wheels, oh, these wheels have been life-changing for me. They've proven to be some pretty magnificent wheels. So I had to have the courage to trust in a process that had worked for others. And so here we are. I hope 100 years from now, I, I, I would not doubt if we're still studying this book or 200 years or more. It may take different forms, different technologies, but the fundamentals are about having a life-changing connection to a higher power of your own understanding. And this book, more than any other, has done that for, for me. It's, um, it's, it's a beautiful way of life, and I'm grateful for it. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Leslie W., you're up, followed by Kelly S. Thanks, Katie, for your service this morning. I'm grateful to be able to listen live this morning um, <clears throat> and share uh, on this meeting. Havens for those who must find a way out. What is a haven? It's a safe place of refuge. And, um, you know, where could I go as a compulsive overeater where someone would understand um, what I was going through you know um i couldn't <clears throat> i've tried books i read books and try to explain to myself what was going on with me but the books didn't help um i tried um going to church and asking those people at church what i could do um but they didn't understand they looked at me like deer in the headlights and tried to pray with me, but because I wasn't willing to take any real action, I just wanted it to be zapped and be gone and to keep on eating, but the consequences to be taken away. I couldn't go to my family and friends because they all looked at me like deer in the headlights. What? What? Just, you know, what's the matter? You just push the plate away, right? Just, just, and just moderate. Have a couple of bites. They didn't, they didn't understand. They didn't understand. I tried going to nutritionists um, who tried to teach me how to intuitively eat. Nutritionists that may not have understood the program. And uh, that didn't work either. <clears throat> the only thing that's ever worked for me and that will ever work for me is what's in this book. And 
I remember walking into my safe haven, my first ever Overeaters Anonymous meeting, and I felt like I could breathe. And they handed me this book, and they said, read this book. And I thought, what, what does that have to do with me? I'm not an alcoholic. And they just encouraged me to keep coming back. And I did. And I sat in those rooms, and I cried at every meeting because I knew that there was something. There was something there that was touching my soul. And while it may have taken me years to recover, and I didn't recover until I came into this meeting, Provision for You, where the big book finally came alive for me. Therefore, I will always be eternally grateful for this safe haven. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie. Okay, Kelly S., you're up, followed by Jane Z. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is uh, Kelly S. in Oklahoma, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, love this chapter. And um, so it says here, defeated drinkers will seize upon it um, and follow its suggestions. Well, that was me, and I know I've shared all this stuff before, but, you know, I was a defeated compulsive overeater. I'd been around 30-something years, and I'd completely given up hope. I'd been in these rooms. I had so many of these freaking big books, it was crazy, right? So when I was introduced to Vision for You about six years ago, and I heard you guys talking about the instructions, I am not kidding you. I seriously thought these people are smoking crack because there are no freaking instructions in here. I got the instruction booklets, you know, the little pamphlets about each step. Those were the instructions, right? There were no instructions. We not always read the book piecemeal, you know, in, in different chapters. We'd studied it. But you know what? I was defeated. I was desperate. I kept listening for two more years. Why? Because I didn't follow its suggestions. So I became desperate. I became hopeless. That is it, desperation. You know, that's what makes it different. So finally, I was willing to crack open this book from the beginning. And guess what? There are instructions. It is laid out exactly how to do it. So I started with a set-aside prayer because I'm going to tell you guys I needed that. I needed to get out of my own way. And I seized upon it, and I started following it, and I had a guide and I worked these steps like it was written in this book. I did what this book told me to do. I got rid of the pamphlets. Those didn't work for me. You know, I, uh, I did this book. And today I'm a recovered woman three and a half years later, which I've never had a year of abstinence in my life of 30 years. And I finally today have neutrality and freedom. And I, and I did rise to my feet. And I marched on and I approach others and I work with others. And there's somebody on this, this meeting that is dear to my heart that I love desperately. And... Um, for real, he rose to his feet and marched again and is carrying this message, and I've, I've watched him. And is that me? No, that's my higher power. Because I'm telling you guys, as it said, the age of miracles is still among us. I mean, the fact that I'm recovered, that my friend is recovered, that all of us on this line are here today, that's a miracle, you know. And we can continue to work this program and share with other people that there is a way out. So if you've been around and you thought you were hopeless, don't give up. Maybe you were like me and you didn't follow these instructions. And, you know, I, just don't give up on each other. I want to say this really quick. There was another woman that has been dear to my heart, too, who went on those two years that I was just listening and not taking action. She would never give up on me, and she'd call me, and she'd send me texts occasionally and say, don't give up, you know, don't give up. So there's still the suffering person out there. It's not just a newcomer. It's people like me, people like you maybe who are listening. And so there's always hope. You know, there's not going to be hope if I leave. But I'm going to tell you what. Yes, we must find a way out, but how do we do that? We take 
action. You know what? We do the work. We work the steps. We follow the suggestions, and we keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, Jane Z, you're up. And Russ M, if you're out there, you can come back on after Jane. Hi. Go ahead, please, Jane. Hi, this is Jane Z from Chicago, compulsive overeater of Olympic. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Um, I like this paragraph. It gives hope. Um, because I'm like the poster child for relapse. Um, I I know what it's like to have a year of abstinence and uh, neutrality to food and and the freedom that comes with that and the fellowship and just, you know, the happiness and peace and joy and then when I relapsed after a year, I've spent the last year and a half trying to get that back. And I thought I could just hop right back on the boat. And, you know, but this paragraph gives me hope. And other people, you know, in the program give me hope that um, that I just keep coming back and I keep and I keep trying to work the program and do the steps and do the meetings and and pray and meditate and and read the book and I mean I just I'm baffled though I'm baffled I I want that spiritual experience to happen again and it doesn't seem to be happening for me that change of attitude or or something and I just but I just keep coming back and. And if I didn't think this worked or if I didn't think that there was hope for me, uh, even though I do feel hopeless right now, um, I know there is hope in this program and it works. But if I didn't feel like that, I just would give up. And and for me to give up, um, I become suicidal. And I just can't have that and in my life. And... I I know that this works. It's happened before. It'll happen again. And this book tells me that. And the people on this line tell me that. And I won't give up. I will keep trying until the miracle happens. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jane. Okay, Russam, are you there to to share? Okay, well, maybe I didn't hear him. Okay, so if you are just joining us, um, we're on page 153, the second paragraph. Our hope is that when this tip of a book, we only read one paragraph. Who else would like to share on that? Lisa B. Lisa B. Melissa C. Leah M. Leah M. Katie T. Okay. I can take one or two more. Well, yes. Hey, did, you say one, did you say 163? Page 163? One, no, 153. Thank you. 
Okay, let's go with Lisa B, Vasa O, Melissa C, Leah M, Devorah S, Katie T, and Leah S. Okay, go ahead, Lisa, and then Vasa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and um, I love this paragraph, and it just speaks to me so much of how in the dark I was. Um, When this book is used, when it's utilized, people get well, people get recovered. And it's because it has the message of depth and weight. And, you know, when I share in meetings from this book, I can see the lights uh, come on in people's faces because it's not uh, about my opinion or my speculation, but it's uh, grounded in this book. And people that are real alcoholics, people that are real compulsive overeaters, we gravitate to this message like, um, you know, bugs gravitate to the the flame. Um, <clears throat> And that's what happened to me. Um, It says in here, many are doomed who never realize their predicament. And it says that in the chapter, Working with Others, that my role when I work with others and try to work with others is to disturb them. And that's what my guide did for me, the person that took me through the work. She disturbed me by sharing her experience and, and what she did, how she applied the principles and the steps in this book through action, action, action. And when... She showed me in the book how it talks about that I must have a deep and effective spiritual experience, that I am, in fact, beyond human aid, that this is a chronic, progressive, and fatal illness, and that the only hope for me is a spiritual experience through the roadmap of the 12 steps, doing it all in entire abstinence. That that was it. That was the message that took me hook, line, and sinker. And she was a she is a recovered person that transmitted that to me. And you know what I love in when we look at the preface of this book, um, it tells us what the purpose of the book is. And I have a note written here um, when I went through this with one of my sponsors. And the purpose of this book, the purpose of the preface is it's designed to transmit the truth. And the purpose of the book is designed to transmit the truth and a spiritual experience to a reader who knows nothing about what is contained in this book. And that's why this book is so amazing. It transmits that message to someone that has no clue of what what it is they're looking at. It's it's an amazing message. And I love working with others because it's not my opinion. It's just taking them through the work. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And now we'll have Vasa O, followed by Melissa C. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I was doomed. I was one of those people. By the time I came to Ovidas Anonymous, I, I found hope here, you know, where I had lost hope putting the food down, and it's not because I didn't try. Believe me, I tried it over and over so many times, so many different ways, but I was doomed, and I could not do it, and I gave in to the food addiction because nothing, nothing worked any more long than what I was doing, and somebody introduced me to the, you know, to the, to the big book, and I remember saying to my sponsor, well, she was AA and OA, but the food was, for her was number one, and she said to me, you know, follow the directions. The instructions are here. And just, but I said, I'm not an alcoholic. 
I don't drink, you know. Of course, I enjoy those sweet drinks once in a while, the pina colada, whatever, you know. But, you know, I've, it was, I didn't have to go there. I had my sweets. I had my alcoholic drinks in cooking, you know. But anyways, um, and I, I started identifying. I could not wait to find out what the solution was. I took this book and I brought it home. My English was so bad three years ago. I didn't understand so much, but I started identifying with alcoholic, and that alcoholic was my father. And I started having compassion for this person because I was like him. I, you know, I had an obsession and compulsion with the food like he did with the alcohol. But it's by the grace of God. I found the help and I found the solution. My father was a functional alcoholic. He didn't want it. He didn't need it. He told me that. He brought the book to me, and that's okay. You know, I, I had to let him go and let him be what he was. And, again, it followed the directions, and I started from the first edition, and I learned if this 100 men and women recovered, then it's hope for me, and, and that was it. And I was ready and willing to put the food down, number one. I'll wrap it up. Put the food down, work the steps. Oh, put the food down, clean house, and pass it on. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Leah M. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, you know, I'm, I love, like, to think about Haven and how really what I, I wanted um, always was a Haven, a safe place. And, you know, my first face-to-face OA meetings, they gave me that. You know, they gave me that, a place um, that I was free from judgment. You know, and I really, I needed that because I was so full of judgment and self-hatred. And I felt really, um, I felt really bad about myself. And I felt like the world, you know, was treating me awful. And there was nothing more comforting and warm and safe than going into a meeting well, I finally heard um, I was sick, and it wasn't it wasn't my fault, you know. And so, and that was good. That was good for a time. And then, really, what I came to need was not just a haven from the world, you know, a safe place from the world, but I really needed a haven from this disease. I needed a place that I could be free, uh, not of the ridicule of other people, but of the torment and torture of what it was like to live with a food addiction. You know, I needed a haven for me. And that's what this book gave to me, you know, that I started listening um, and I and I stopped being so narrow-minded, you know, because I had, I had these false ideas about this book before I even read it. You know, um, I think I'm so open-minded and really I was so close-minded. But when I really started reading it and I heard, you know, I heard the stories of, of Jim and of Fred and of the jaywalker and that I had no mental defense against taking that first 
compulsive night. I knew that I was really home. I knew that was really my haven. And then when I heard the directions that I did not have to live that way anymore, all I had to do was have a spiritual experience, and this book was going to give it to me. Um, yeah, this is my haven. And today, this is all I want for people. I'm so full of hope. I'm full of hope because I recovered from a seemingly hopeless state. And so I can walk through life, and I'm, I have some troubles in my family, and my kids are struggling. But I have hope because if I could survive this and recover from this, there is no miracle that's too great for God. And um, thank you for that all pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Leah M., you're up, followed by Deborah S. Thank you very much. Our hope is that when this chip of a book, you know, this book was written by those in whom the problem had been solved. It was a group of ex-problem drinkers, and they decided upon a book uh, to get the word out, you know, and tell other alcoholics this great news and it was the product of thousands of hours of discussion. And it's not a book of theory or philosophy, and it's still not a book of theory or philosophy. In fact, the first 164 pages have been left untouched because it works. And that's why um, this meeting in particular focuses on the instructions in this book, because our aim and goal and objective objective is recovery as a result of these 12 steps um you know we have we have phone meetings we have face to face meetings we have retreats we have conferences and conventions and all kinds of things that go on in the atmosphere of AA and in the atmosphere of over years anonymous but the main objective is to carry the message of recovery. That's our focus. And it doesn't depend on someone's uh, eloquence, and it doesn't depend on any special individual skills. The only thing that matters is that you're a compulsive overeater and you have found the way out. You know, when we read um, at the end on uh, page 164, Vision for You, it says um, – you know, obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Recovery is what we got, and recovery is what we want to share with other people. And that's the beauty. You know, my, my old sponsor from way back um, used to say we're a big show-and-tell operation. There's young, there's old, black, white, men, women, all sorts, wrapping the globe, particularly on a meeting such as this, all shouting the great news that we have found a way out. And if you're a compulsive overeater looking for a way out, we know where you're at because we used to be in that tight spot too. But, uh, you know, my, my experience is that someone cracked open this book, brought it to life based on their personal experience, guided me. I had my own spiritual awakening and personality change, and I'm not living a life of suffering and terror, bewilderment, and fear any longer. And if you don't want to be that way anymore, and if you don't want to have that uh, low quality of life anymore, then you can do what we did. <laughs> you know, you, you too can follow the directions that are written in this book and you too can be freed and I hope uh, for sure that is uh, what happens for you and with that I pass thanks thank you Leah Deborah S you up followed by Katie T 
Hi, good morning. Thank you, Katie, and everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Zerora Essen. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And um, honestly, when I came into this program 19 years ago, I wasn't introduced. I was not introduced to this book. I remember sitting at a meeting and in front of me were all these slogans on the floor, all kinds of slogans. And it was great looking at those slogans. And, you know, very little talk was about the, um, about the big book. And it was in program many years, you know, in coming back all, you know, and, and just finding another way. And, and my, I found a new sponsor and she started talking to me about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And it was like, oh my gosh, now I get it. Now I, now I understand. I, I realize what I had here. And then, you know, over the years, it really took me many years. I'm a slow learner really getting into that big book. I, I worked the steps in various ways, but never in the order of going through the book, I never realized that there was an order in this book, that every, that the chapters really, to go through the book, as each chapter is another, you know, is another step, you know, as, as you read along. And uh, that was a real revelation for me. Um, and of course, coming into vision and hearing and hearing the talk and, 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 and um, watching, you know, people doing the walk, you know, it wasn't just, you know, it was really working this thing. Um, it really became alive. You know, that's what I hear on this meeting, that the big book is, is an integral part of everybody's uh, recovery. And, um, and me too, you know, I am just so grateful, you know, that the solution is right here. And it's been the same over the years. And I just need to follow the direction. I like what that other person was saying. I didn't know the directions were here in this book. Yeah, I always thought that they were out there in the pamphlets and in the, in the slogans, uh-uh, it's right here. And, you know, I'm just so grateful that I have a shot today and that I can live it. And, 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 you know, I live the big book, you know, the best of my ability. And of course I need to pass it on. I can't keep what I have if I don't give it away. And that's an obligation, you know, for me in these rooms that I need to work with other people. And when I do work with other people, it's, it becomes fresh all over again. That's what it is for me. You know, I, I to go through it again, and, and it's never boring. It's, it's always so enlightening. And I'm just so grateful to be part of this. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah. Okay, Katie T., you're up, followed by Leah S. Good morning. This is Katie T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from uh, South Carolina. I'm so grateful to be here with all of you this morning. Uh, looking at this paragraph, it struck me how it includes the whole program. We got defeated drinkers. We're going to seize upon it, follow the suggestions. So we got step one through all the steps. Um, and many will rise to their feet and march on. So those are people who are recovered. And then they're going to approach other sick ones. And then at the very end, uh, they're going to pass the message in havens for those who must find a way out back to the defeated drinkers. It's like this cycle um, where we all rise up and uh, help one another. But also what struck me is this way out. I think every time I was looking for a way out, I was looking for uh, a way to be fixed from the outside. Uh, surgery, a new diet plan, uh, the magic medication that was coming down the pipe someday. I'm 74 now, it still hasn't come. Uh, but it turns out for me, the way out was by going inside to find a connection to God 
and uh, initially to do an inventory of my defects. And I laugh so much at uh, the phrase, we're doing inventory to find our unsaleable goods. And I thought to myself, you know, if I had uh, the goods I found inside when I went in to take a look was with great inner peace or uh, joy, there would have been a line around the block trying to buy my uh, my uh, my character uh, qualities. But instead, the things I found were resentment, fears, dishonesty, self-pity. Nobody's going to line up for those. Nobody. They're unsaleable. So I had to go inside and find my God and find um, those things that when addressed through the steps would relieve my mental obsession to um, compulsively overeat. And I've been free, 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 free of compulsive overeating um, for over six months with the exception of two days. And those two days, thank God, it was only two days. Um, but what's beautiful is that the way out after going in, it moves on from our recovery to see that our others still suffering who need us, and we move towards them. And that's the great beauty of this program. The way out is to go in and then to be free, free to help others. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Leah S., you're up. Thank you so much, Katie. This is Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York, recovered and very grateful. They will approach still other sick ones and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet, a haven for those who must find a way out. And that is precisely what happened to me. Thank you, God. And um, I often hear, you are as sick as your secrets are. And once you let go of those secrets, you no longer have this burden. You get free. And that's what happened to me. Thank you, God. And growing up with secrets had had many repercussions, many not nice, because everything is a secret. And the community, everything is a secret. (laughs) Oh, my God, what I have learned, what I am not afraid of anymore at all. The only thing that I really fear is to be dishonest because then it brings me into real uh, difficult situations and it will read me right back into my food. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah. Okay, we have time for two, two and a half minute shares. Who would like Jody to take Susan A. Hey, Jody E. Okay, Jody EQ and Susan H is who I heard. Okay, go ahead, please, Jody. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. So, this little paragraph is a very beautiful paragraph. Their hope was that this chip of the book, this little piece of wood, would be launched on the world tide of alcoholism. Defeated drinkers would seize upon it to follow its suggestion. Well, it's true. It's all come true. Look, it's exactly as they hoped. It has come true. They were so prophetic. And so many have risen to their feet, not only alcoholics, but now compulsive overeaters, 
Now this book is being used in other 12-step programs, I hear. This book is really an amazing thing. It's, uh, I believe it was channeled uh, by Bill from his higher power, and it's, it just carries on and keeps saving people. I just got back from Costa Rica, where I had the privilege of attending a big book workshop put on by Marcella M. And I got a copy of the big book in Spanish, and I'm now sponsoring two people in Spanish. And it's just such a joy to be able to carry this message across the uh, borders. So I'm just so grateful, and uh, thank you to A Vision for You for helping me find this book and its, uh, its wisdom. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody. Okay, Susan H., it's your turn. This is Susan H., can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Susan H., recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Very grateful for my recovery. Um, someone mentioned the low quality of life that was where I lived, where I lived before before this recovery. Um, the potential misery still pops up. It comes up again and again. I don't have to live there anymore, and I'm so grateful. This chip of a book is the clear direction to rise above that, um, to let my higher power take on the misery that I thought was all mine <laughs> and, and trust. Uh, this fellowship is guiding me back to what I need to find, the directions in the book. And I am just so grateful for this book and the fellowship that guides me to a better way of life, a happier, happy, joyous, and free. I'm uh, thankful to my higher power for two years of abstinence and always for my recovery, for my daily reprieve. I'm just so grateful that there's a study of this book that I can turn to every day. And uh, that may have been a little scattered, but uh, I'm very grateful. And I hope that transmits. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. And we have about a minute, so I'm going to jump in for that one minute. Um, this is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, we're on this line every day, and we're all over um, – the country and all over the world that has been um, mentioned. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, this book does exist, that we can, um, we can buy it and we can study it in our homes. Um, even if we don't have face-to-face -face meetings available to us, I think it's just opened up so much possibility. Um, I live in the country, um, in the middle of a field, in the middle of a 860 acre farm. And, you know, my biggest fear uh, growing up is that, or when I came to OA, which was when I was 21 years old, was that I would, um, you know, be like the housewives I heard about in the rooms um, who were so old to me and, you know, closing the blinds and went home with their toddlers and, and um, just eating all day. And that was my fear. And my children have not had to witness me eating compulsively one minute of their life. 
um, because of this chip of a book, because there's a message of depth and weight that we carry every day. And um, if you're new and you think, what is this? Um, just stick around and you can find that too. With that, I'll pass. And I, oh, stop. Um, I would like to thank everyone uh, this morning who helped with this meeting, Tenzin P, Matt M, Barbara E, Vinny T, and Susan H. And coming up will be Lisa B and Rebecca F. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, November 6, 7 a.m. is, I mean, yeah, 6, is 12,145. That's 12145. Okay, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Vinny T. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hello, Katie. Am I being heard? Yes, thank you, Vinny. Thank you, Katie, for your service today. I'm Vinny T., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning and meditations what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.